0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to week four of our series, A God Who Can. What an incredibly powerful series that this has been as we've been discussing the miracles of God. It has been so encouraging to look back over some of the most incredible stories out of Scripture of God performing miracles. And not only the fact that God performed miracles in the Bible, but learning how to experience those miracles today. In week one, we talked about a God who can split the seas. A very famous story out of Scripture with Moses and the spreading and the splitting of the Red Sea. An incredibly powerful story. In week two, we talked about a prayer that Joshua prayed that God would stop the sun and God did. Last week was Easter weekend. Man, what an incredibly awesome Easter weekend we had with over a thousand people celebrating across our Easter experiences. We talked about the gospel of Jesus, the fact that God can save A sinner, And that Jesus was come into the world to live and to die and to be resurrected so that you and I could be reconnected to a relationship with God. It was so incredibly powerful. And out of this series, we've asked a question out of Scripture every single week. It's been our foundational verse. Look at it on the screen with me out of Psalm 77, verses 13 and 14 that says this, What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. I think that's been such a sobering question for us to ask and address in our own lives every single week. Because many of us would say, well, I don't have any other gods in my life. But the Bible is very clear that the Bible says you should have no other gods before me. Why did he feel the need to tell us that? Because in our nature, we're so accustomed to putting things before God. We take God's proper place as number one, and we replace it with so many things, like our own positions, our own power, our possessions. Come on, some of us in our sporting seasons, we'll put God above everything with our sports team, we'll do it with our vacations, we'll do it with our job. It's so easy in our nature to put something before God and to make it our God. We'll put our own preferences, we'll put our own personalities, we'll put something in the place of God so quickly. But there is nothing that you and I could do that could take the place of the power of God in our life because He is the only one who can display His power and can perform miracles in the midst of our lives. When we cannot, He can. When we won't, he will. We serve a powerful God. And I'm excited today as we conclude our series, A God Who Can, because we're going to talk about a God who can stop the storm. You know, storms are evident and common to all of us. Every single one of us have experienced a storm in some way. We've experienced physical storms. We've experienced emotional storms. We've experienced relational storms, financial storms. I mean, all of us have experienced a storm in some way. I remember in September of 2020, Uh, at the end sort of of the pandemic, but yet we didn't know it was going to start back up. It was in that weird season. Uh, We took a little late family vacation down to the beach and uh, it was the only time that we could go. We just found uh, the opportunity where our schedule opened up and we could go, so we did. And when we got down to the beach, immediately, I noticed that it was extremely dark in the sky, very cloudy. And I asked my wife, Jen, I said, hey, I said, if you happened to look at the weather for this week while we're down here? And she said, no, I haven't checked it. We were in such a rush to get there. We had no other time in the schedule. So weather wasn't even a consideration. And while we were there, we took a look at the, at the weather and it was going to be stormy all week. And not only was it gonna be stormy, cause you know, at the beach, there's always little storm that blows in and blows out. But while we were there, it was going to be like really bad weather, like legit real storms that took place. And so I'll never forget As we sat in that condo that we were in, watching the weather about the bad tropical storm that was about to pass through in September 2020, and then we went out on the balcony and looked, and all the waves began to rise. The water was pushing in really strong. And I remember looking out, and the beach was completely gone. In that moment, all you could see was the ocean had washed up and absorbed all of the beach. It's as if the entire condo was just sitting in the middle of the ocean. It was one of the most eerie feelings that I had ever felt. My little boys, five and... He's the one that really loves the beach. The trip was really about him getting to experience the beach that year. And so while we were out there, he wanted to make the best of it. So we went down to the beach. The wind was blowing so hard that you could barely move. I mean, it was pushing you back. The sand was blowing like needles piercing your skin. It changed the whole environment of the entire trip. There was no laying on the beach. There was no swimming laps in the pool. I mean, it changed the entire experience of that family vacation. That's what storms do. Storms come up out of nowhere. Storms show up when you're least expecting them. Storms change the environment of your life. A storm can shape and mold what you see, the way you feel, and what you anticipate to receive out of your experience. But for every one of us, storms are You've got storms in your life right now. Storms can come personally. They can come from mess that we create in our own life. We can create storms. We can make bad decisions. We can hurt other people. We can cause ourselves to lose our job. We can make bad financial investments. All of us have made decisions that have caused storms in our life. Other people Cause storms in our lives. Some of you were raised in certain households and you experienced certain things that were not your fault. Some of you have had other people speak things over you, do things to you, and the storms of your life have been caused by other people that you didn't ask for it and you didn't create it. Just the circumstances of life. Things happen. We live in a difficult world. We live where bad things happen to good people. We live where it rains on the just and the unjust, as the Bible says. Our circumstances cause storms in our life. But storms are inevitable. They're going to happen. Storms are unpredictable. You don't know when it's going to take place. But one of the greatest things about storms is the fact that storms are temporary. Storms don't last forever. As a matter of fact, often when the storm passes, The sunshine seems so much more incredible. The warmth of the sun seems so much more tangible, so much more real, so much more appreciated. The calm is so much more welcoming after a storm. Today, I want to talk about, out of an incredible story in Scripture, how God can stop the storm. Now I want us to understand something as believers today. Maybe you're considering faith today and you don't follow Jesus. But here's what I want you to know. That the Bible says and the Bible shows that God can stop a storm. Now, for God to stop a storm, that means there has to be a storm. Some of us today are struggling because you're in a storm. And we're struggling with the fact that God knows you're in a storm. And so we struggle with our faith. We struggle with the way we look at things, the way we experience things. But if God can stop a storm, it means that God knows that you are in a storm. Every single one of us. Regardless if we follow Jesus or if we do not, we will all experience storms in our life. And so today I have a few questions that I think we can ask ourselves in the middle of a storm. Three questions to consider. Three questions that I believe are probably very common to us all. And I think if we digest these today and we unpack these three questions, it will help us to experience a miracle. Prepare ourselves for a miracle while we're in the middle of a storm. So I want to pray for us today so that God would be in this word to encourage you, strengthen you, motivate you, and convict you today so that we draw closer to God in the midst of the storms of our life. So Father, I love you today. Thank you for this word. Thank you for the way you love us. God, thank you for the way you take care of us. God, I pray that today, God, you would speak to us through the power of your word, change us, God, help us to be more committed and devoted to you in the middle of the storms of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's a setup that I want to give you today. We're going to be in Scripture in Mark chapter 4. It's an incredible story with some of the disciples in a boat with Jesus. Now, the context here is basically they've just been to church. They'd been sitting, listening to the teachings of Jesus. A large crowd had gathered around. Jesus sat in a boat. He taught the crowd. And after it was over, they spent time, the disciples, with Jesus, getting one-on-one instruction, unpacking a little bit of what Jesus had just instructed and had just told them about. They had that personal time with Jesus. And then Jesus says, hey, look, let's get in a boat and let's cross over to the other side of the lake. And so that's where I want to pick up in Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Here's what it says As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and they started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the winds and the waves obey him. So there they are right in the presence of Jesus, doing what he told them to do. They're walking in obedience. Jesus said it, so they began to do it. And even though they were right in the presence of Jesus, they weren't being disobedient, they weren't off on their own, they weren't somewhere they should not have been, doing something they should not be doing. Yet, even in the presence of Jesus, they still encounter a storm. So the disciples begin to absolutely freak out just like you and I do. When we encounter a storm, when we go through something in our life that is unexpected, out of nowhere, we begin to freak out going, what in the world happened? Jesus, where are you? How could this all begin to fall apart? So there's a few questions that I want to unpack that I think we should ask ourselves in the middle of a storm, because miracles take place in the middle of storms. The first question is this, is he there is he there i think that's a question that most of us ask every time we find ourselves in the middle of a storm god where are you i was following you. I was serving you. I was giving to you. I was honoring you. I was doing everything you asked me to do, and yet here I am in the middle of a storm. Some of you feel like you're in the middle of a storm because you haven't been walking in obedience with Jesus, because you haven't been honoring the Lord with your life. And so you're chalking up your storm that you're just a bad person, or God doesn't love you, or God has forgotten about you. But I want to unpack what's happening here. In Mark 4, verses 35 through 37, and it says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat, and they started out, leaving the crowds behind. Verse 37, But soon, that word soon is important. Soon a fierce storm came up, high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water listen we need to understand something today that the presence of Jesus does not prevent the presence of problems see many of us are under the understanding that if Jesus is present that there are no problems that if Jesus is in our boat that there will be no problems that we will encounter however as soon as the disciples started out in the boat with Jesus walking in obedience having just been in church I mean basically they had just sat with Jesus as he preached a sermon. As crowds had gathered, they went into small group afterwards. They sat with Jesus intimately, personally, one-on-one. They would had this incredible experience with Jesus. When he said to do something, they began to row that boat in obedience. They were tired. It was late. Jesus was tired. But suddenly, the Bible says, soon after, a storm came up. Just because Jesus is present does not prevent the presence of problems in your life. I began to think personally about my own life. And I began to take inventory of what our last few years has been like. You know, in January of this year, Cultivate Church celebrated 10 years of ministry. It's amazing to think that 10 years has passed. And I began to think about how hard that we have worked in the past 10 years. God has been so faithful and God is blessed in so many ways. And we've seen so many incredible things. But it has been a tough 10 years planning a church, pastoring people is not for the faint of heart. And then I think about 2020, and I think about the pandemic, and I think about the consequences of the world shutting down and people being paralyzed by fear, that fear became greater than faith. And I think about the impact of the big church, the church of Jesus, the big C church. And then I thought about it on our level. Did you know when 2020 ended, when the dust settled and we began 2021, 26% of our church was missing? As we began to gather together, as we began to rebuild what 2020 had done, 26% of people disappeared from our church. That's 26% of people who may not be in church today, that may not be following Jesus. 26% of people who we had pastored and cared for and poured our lives into and served and greeted and served with every single week. Yet suddenly, because of a season of life, because of a storm, 26% of our people we're gone, that was so tough. I talked to people all over who've experienced the same thing, the impact that it's had on the local church, and when it impacts the local church, it impacts the kingdom. Then I began to think even deeper than that. In 2021, my mom was uh, diagnosed with uh, an extreme rare form of aggressive brain cancer. We've been taking that journey since that diagnosis that she's received, and every day has been different. My wife had an ectopic pregnancy, and we lost a child in that pregnancy. She had to go into uh, a rushed surgery, and it changed a lot of things. All in just small seasons, we encountered storms. Now, in the midst of all of those things, Jesus was in our boat. We've been following Jesus. We've been serving Jesus. We have been walking in obedience. We serve. We give. We do. We go. We try to our best to honor the Lord, yet in the middle of it, we found ourselves in the midst of a storm. But can I tell you, the presence of Jesus does not prevent the presence of storms. I like to say it this way, that miracles often mature in just a little bit of manure, Think about that. The very thing that, you know, seems like it's it's gross, things that you wouldn't find valuable, you place it in the right position. You put it in the right place and it can begin to grow something. And I think sometimes it's in the gross moments of our life. I think it's a little bit of the unpleasant things, the places that you would not want to be, the places that you would not want to go, that you find yourself growing and maturing because you're in the middle of a storm. Miracles are produced through problems. The miracles of life are often produced through problems. Think about it, the stories we've talked about. The miracle of God helping Moses to split the Red Sea. Well, we wouldn't be celebrating that miracle if there was never a storm to begin with. Had there never been a problem, there would never been an opportunity for a miracle. Wow, God stopped the sun in the sky and he held it until the victory came to Joshua. But that never would have happened if they had not been at battle had they not had a struggle, had there not been a storm. The miracle of Jesus on the cross and the beautiful redemption story of the way that he loves us and has redeemed us would have never happened had there not been a problem. There are no miracles without a little bit of mess in our lives. So today you may find yourself going, Hey God, are you there? Where are you? I thought you loved me. I thought you were committed to me. I thought you said that if I would just give my life to you, where are you? Listen, the disciples, you know they felt the same way as the water began to fill the boat. Jesus, I thought you were with us. thought you were going to protect us. Look at what the Bible says. Let me give you a verse out of Isaiah 41 and 10. It says, don't panic. I'm with you. There's no need to fear, for I'm your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady. Keep a firm grip on you. Hey, today, don't panic. That's our our first response, that when we feel like God is nowhere to be found, when we feel like it's all falling apart, is to panic and to give up and to say, God, where are you? Have you abandoned me? Hey, look, don't panic today. I'm with you, he says. There's no need to fear. There's no need to worry. I'm your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady. And I've got a firm grip on you. He hasn't forgotten you today, He hasn't abandoned you. God is in the middle of the storm with you. So, is He there? Number two, ask yourself this question God, do you care? Does He care? I mean, if he's there and and he's right in the middle of it, well, then if he really cared about me, surely he wouldn't let me experience this storm. It's a very natural question that we often ask God when we face something that's difficult in our life. The Bible says Jesus was sleeping. Underline that if you can somewhere in your notes because I think that's important. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Underline the word cushion because I think that's important as well. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care? Underline that word. I think that's important. Don't you care that we're going to drown? The disciples were asking some of the same questions that you and I ask right in the middle of a storm. Some of us have felt bad because we've asked God these questions. Some of us felt as if we couldn't ask God these questions, that we couldn't express our doubt, that we could not express our lack of faith or our lack of trust in Jesus because we feel like we're, 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 we're not good enough or we're not faith-filled enough, that we don't have enough boldness or trust. Or, but look, the disciples Who were right there with Jesus, physically present in the boat, are asking this question. Hey, Jesus, don't you care? In the middle of this storm, Jesus is down in the boat finding himself asleep. The Bible says his head was on a cushion. His head is on the pillow. Can I tell you that sometimes when you fall asleep, you, ever, you, you remember like maybe being in school or you're tired somewhere in public. Maybe you've done that in church before where you kind of sat still and your head's up and you begin to nod off and your head falls and you wake up real quick to see, did anybody know that you were asleep hoping that nobody saw your head You know, bobble all over the place? Now that's an unattended, unintentional, You did not mean to go to sleep. You didn't mean for it to happen. It was very apparent. You weren't positioned to be asleep. However, in this instance, the Bible says Jesus is sleeping with his head on a cushion, which tells me that Jesus intentionally went to sleep. He positioned himself in a comfortable position so that he could go to sleep, so that he could close his eyes and that he could rest. It's the humanity of Jesus. It's a great picture of the humanity of Jesus that shows he was was tired he needed to rest he needed that moment of sleep to recharge his batteries just like you and I do now maybe you're a little more spiritual than I am but I'm thinking man hey we're all in this thing together Jesus gets to go to sleep we're the disciples we're rowing the boat we're doing the work and here comes the storm has Jesus abandoned us is he there and does he even care They woke him up yelling and screaming and panicking Jesus, do you even care? But you know, Jesus already knew that that storm was going to come. Jesus had peace in the midst of the storm, Jesus was not freaking out. Jesus was not overly concerned with what was happening around him because Jesus knew what was giving him power from within him. So Jesus knew that as long as he was there, those disciples were going to be safe. Jesus knew that as long as he was there, that storm was not going to overtake them. It was not going to break them. It was not going to take away the blessing and the purpose and the plan of God on their life. Jesus was right in the middle of that storm. Do you even care? They were shouting at him. I want to encourage you today to know that a little shut eye does not equal a blind eye. Think about that. Just a little bit of shut eye does not equal a blind eye. We think because Jesus isn't doing what we think he should do right when we think he should do it in the way that we think he should do it because we feel as if he has gone quiet on us. Jesus is sleeping on us. Jesus doesn't see us. He doesn't see our circumstance and he does not see our storm. We feel like Jesus has turned a blind eye. Well, I want to tell you today that maybe it's just a little bit of shut eye and it's not a blind eye. When you are in the middle of the storm, and it seems as if you've been abandoned. It may just be that behind the scenes, God is preparing a miracle on your behalf. You know, every year I'm always surprised. I'm nowhere near a green thumb. I don't know anything about gardening. I don't know anything about plants. But I've got a few things around my house that have been planted that are to return every spring. And we've got these certain bushes, I don't even know what they're called, they're little green, beautiful plants that grow up from the ground and they kind of sprout, sort of these blooms, I don't even know what you call them. To me, it looks like an oversized, overgrown pile of monkey grass. It's not, but it's it's something like that. And every year, these things die away. And every year, the ground, there's no even consideration that they may be there. There's no proof, there's no evidence that these things were ever even existent. And every year I get worried that they're not going to come back. Because there's nothing, literally, there's no uh, bloom, there's no sprout, there's no twig, there's no sign. And I say it every year, well, I guess they're not going to come back. I guess they died. There's no evidence that they've ever been there or that they will ever return. And literally in a moment, in an instant, I will walk into my backyard and suddenly, like literally overnight, there is a massive growth of this plant sitting in my backyard. And it blows my mind every single year. Yet, year by year, season by season, I say the same thing. Well, I guess this year they're not going to bloom. I guess they're not going to grow. I guess they're not going to come back because it seems silent it seems dead. It seems like there is nothing being produced. But behind the scenes, underneath that soil, when springtime comes, yet at just the right moment, when it is time to bloom, when it is time to grow, when it is time for life to spring forth, they begin to do what God created them to do, and that is to produce and to grow. God has created you with a purpose. God has created you with a reason. And it may just be that Though you're sitting in the boat, there's water taking on. The storm is all around you. It seems as if Jesus is asleep and he has forgotten about you and you're asking yourself, do you even care? Behind the scenes, underneath the soil, God is working a miracle. God is working a miracle. It's who God is. It's what God does. Be encouraged. That even though it may seem as if he's asleep, Jesus is still in your boat. He's right in the middle of that storm, experiencing that wind, experiencing those waves with you. The Bible says in John 14, 18, I will not abandon you or leave you as orphans in the storm. I will come to you. How beautiful. I will not abandon you or leave you as orphans in the storm. I will come to you. Does he care? He cares. Is he there? He's there. He's in the boat. He's experiencing it with you. The third question I think we ought to ask ourselves, and this is the one that really focuses us, centers us, and enables us to walk out the storm, to ride it out, and to trust the Lord, is Am I aware? Am I aware? The Bible says, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly, underline that, that's important if you can, suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. When Jesus sat up, When Jesus opened his eyes and he began to speak, the Bible says suddenly everything began to stop. Do you remember I told you to underline that as soon as the disciples began this journey in the boat, it says soon a storm came? Well, just as quickly as that storm came, as quickly as Jesus began to speak, the storm stopped. Suddenly things begin to happen when Jesus shows up. Are you aware of the times and the seasons of your life that Jesus may just try to mature you, to grow you, to increase your faith, to make you more reliant on him. Maybe he's using the storm of life to prepare a miracle for in the right moment that you would know that he is capable. Are you aware that he is is present in your problems, that he's more powerful than your problems, that he's stronger than your struggle? Are you aware that he's bigger than your battle? Jesus is right in the middle of the boat. He's right in the middle of the storm. Are you aware of it? Has the storm become so big that you forgot the Savior was in the boat? Have you let the storm become so powerful that you forgot the power of the one who's in your boat? Yeah, he may be sleeping because he's got great peace because he already knows the end from the beginning. You may feel like you've been abandoned, but are you aware that the one who changes it all, who redeems humanity is in your boat? Are you aware? If you're not, there's a few ways that you can become aware. The Bible says in John 15:4, "Remain in me, and I will remain in you." In other words, it's in the presence of Jesus. It's in that constant relationship, the communion with God, the intimacy of the relationship that you share, that you know that He's there. When you have that intimacy and you share that relationship to another level with Him, you can be aware that He's there. First of all, these are extra, but maybe write it down. You, you need to talk to Him. Many of us, we, we know the power of prayer the intimacy of prayer, the importance of communication, yet we rarely practice it. And I'm encouraging you today to forget your laundry list of prayer requests that you give to God. Those are great. The Bible says, hey, cast your cares on me, I care for you. Ask, and it will be given. The Bible's clear. But take it past a prayer request. Give it a conversation. Give God some appreciation. Give God a little credit for the things that he's already done. Tell him what you're feeling. Tell him what you're thinking. Tell him how much you appreciate him. Have a conversation in someone that you trust and appreciate and love and respect. Have a little bit of relationship in your communication with him. Talk to him. Then listen to him. Nobody wants a one-way communication. Nobody wants you to unload without listening. Listen to to the voice of the Lord and then follow him, do what he said, obey him, trust him, walk it out with him. Listen, the disciples would sit and talk with Jesus. They would ask him questions. Jesus would then begin to speak and they would listen. And then Jesus would give instructions and they would follow. That's how you become aware that Jesus is in the boat in the midst of the storm. What's the miracle? The miracle isn't that Jesus just calmed the storm. The miracle isn't that Jesus spoke to the winds and the waves and they just became still. The miracle is that he did it so that you and I would know him more. What did the disciples say? What were they prompted to say after this miracle? Who is this man? They had been with him. They had relationship with him. But even in that moment, because of their circumstance and the storm they endured, it opened their heart to want to know even more about the man who can perform a miracle. Today, my prayer for us is that in the midst of your storm, not only would we just be praying for God to calm the storm, but we would be praying for God to open our heart. God's more concerned about changing you than he is about changing your circumstance. And even though he's a God who can stop the storm. He wants to do it because He wants us to be closer and to know Him more, to trust Him that He loves us and He cares for us. So I want to pray for us today. Maybe you're watching or listening today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus and you literally feel like you're in a boat in the middle of a storm and you are just yelling for some help and you don't know where to run or what to do. And I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is the answer. He is there and He does care. But are you aware today? That you need a relationship with Jesus. I wanna pray that for you. And then I wanna pray for all of us. I wanna pray that we would all become more aware of the presence and the power and the person of Jesus. Because miracles are great, but they're all about God getting the credit and us becoming closer to a God. loves us so father today i pray for all of my friends watching online right now if there's one that doesn't have a relationship with you god we ask you to forgive us of our sin we choose to put you first in our life we thank you for dying on the cross for our redemption and our salvation and today we choose to receive it to be forgiven of sin and to walk in relationship with you jesus thank you for loving us and forgiving us god i pray for all of my friends right now who may find themselves in the middle of a storm. We're praying for the winds and the waves to stop. Maybe we feel like God's not there. Maybe we feel like God doesn't care. But today, please, God, help make us aware that in the middle of the storm, you're still in the boat. That even though you can speak the winds and the waves, they will listen. But God, in the middle of it, at the end of it, God, let us say, who is this man? so that our relationship with you becomes even closer our intimacy becomes even greater because we know you're a god who can god be with us in the middle of every storm god walk with us may we abide in you so that we grow closer and you get all the credit for everything you do in jesus name amen